It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Reds fans, and welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on today's show. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, super fan and addict of the Cincinnati Reds team, although sometimes, uh, sometimes... The Reds finish a homestand going one and six. And listen, I know there's a lot of frustration out there. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. First, I want to talk about some good stuff. Though. I want to talk about Jesse Winker. This man is on fire. Get this man a bucket of water because there's flames coming out all over the place. He's just on fire. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute before we do though make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast that way you don't miss anything i've got coming up for you because tomorrow we got an awesome thing coming up starting a new uh, a new thing that i think is going to be a lot of fun gonna call it the mock trade call i'm gonna pretend to be the reds general manager i'm, I'm gonna be myself i'm not gonna be nick crawl but i'm gonna pretend to be the reds general manager and i'm gonna get a call from the guy pretending to be the Indians general manager. We're going to uh, create a mock trade on tomorrow's podcast. You're not going to miss that. The best way to not miss it is to follow the podcast on whatever app you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr at three Fs and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0111. Five nine. All right, uh, so uh, let's jump into this. So there is plenty of frustrating, plenty of bad speculation, plenty of thing, plenty of things for us to talk about that weren't in the good category. So I thought I'd start out today good. I'd start out today, first segment, segment one, talking about Jesse Winker. Holy cow! Has there been anybody better? Not only on the Reds, but in the National League. I mean, you could probably make an argument for that guy down in Atlanta, Ronald Acuna. He's pretty good. But Jesse Winker is off the charts good. I mean, when you're looking at his numbers, especially when it comes to hitting, obviously. We're not really talking about fielding. He's been fine fielding, but it's all about the bat. I mean, when you look at Friday's win against the Brewers where he hit three home runs, he pretty much won that game by himself. Yeah, I know that there were a couple of runs that were scored outside of his purview, but for the most part, that was his game. And even when you look at the numbers, which are very impressive for Dewink, even Baseball Savant says that he is doing it the right way. He's not getting lucky. He is in the top 10% in barrels. He's in the top 6% in hard hit percentage. His expected stats are way up there. He's in the top like 6, 7, 8% of expected batting average, expected slugging. So he is doing exactly what he needs to do. Sure, he's probably not going to hit 
350 all season long. Spoiler alert. I know that's probably a bummer to hear. But when you look at his numbers overall, even in the realm of the league, it's awesome to see that he is just on fire. OPS-wise, hitting over 1,000, 1,096, slugging 684. I mean, he is absolutely phenomenal. And I know some of you are probably thinking, well, Jeff, there's another guy on this team that's actually raking as well. And we're going to talk about Nick Castellanos tomorrow because I've got some more thoughts that are attached to him because Jesse Winker's going to be here for a couple more years. He's he's going to be here long term. So when I look at what he is leading, he is leading Major League Baseball in those two things, I did, OPS and slugging. I mean, th- there has been nobody better in those categories And, you know, on base-wise, you got Mike Trout, who's actually on the injured list, so his isn't going to go down. It's just going to be a matter of qualifying and things like that. But he's got 13 home runs as well. He's the first Red. I don't know if you guys saw this stat, but he's the first Red to have five home runs in a three-game series since Willie Green did it back in 1996. Shout out if you remember Willie Green and also... I, I tweeted this out. Shout out if you remember Willie Green being a lot better than if you go and you look at his baseball reference page now. Because if you look him up, like I, I was thinking in my mind, I'm like, boy, I remember him. Whatever happened to that guy? That guy was so good. And it just wasn't that great. But it's one of those funny stats. I'm not saying Jesse Winker's Willie Green. He's much better than Willie Green. And I got to thinking about this because we're now 39 games in to the season. Looking at Jesse Winker's first 39 games this year are ultra impressive. I mean, obviously, you look at the slash line numbers are fantastic, but I had a thought. What if we compared him to the 2017 version of Joey Votto? We all know that Joey Votto came one vote away from winning the MVP that year, and he lost out to Giancarlo Stanton, who he shouldn't have lost out to because, yes, Stanton had a good year. Joey had a better year. Joey should have been the MVP in 2017. But I digress. I've said that multiple times. Looking at Joey Votto's first 39 games in 2017, he was hitting 291 with a 405 on base and a 589 slugging. Obviously, amazing because he was having an amazing year. 11 home runs and 35 RBIs with 28 walks and 19 strikeouts. So you turn that around and you look at Jesse Winker this year. We've already talked about the fact he's hitting, I think I said 358. He's hitting 355 on the season in the first 39 games with an on base of 412 higher than Joseph Daniel, who at that point was still, yes, he was still hitting, but he was also in the middle of that period where he was so focused on making the strike zone absolutely perfect that he took a lot of pitches that a lot of people thought he should have hit. And of course, Jesse Winker slugging 684 with 1,096 OPS. His OPS plus is 183, by the way, right now. Just absolutely phenomenal. Really the only thing that Joseph Daniel has Jesse Winker in is his walks to strikeout ratio because they're flipped for Jesse. Jesse's got 34 strikeouts compared to 14 walks. So more strikeouts than walks, whereas Votto had more walks than strikeouts. But that's it. 
Jesse's got 13 home runs. He does have a few less RBIs, 28 compared to 35. But when you match those up side by side, the first 39 games of 2017 for Joey Votto and the first 39 games of 2007 or 2021 for Jesse Winker, Jesse Winker looks pretty darn good. Now we know regression's coming. That's the law of nature as according to everything. He's not going to be this amazing all year long, but it's been so much fun to watch. And where he comes down from this, if it's just a step lower, he could finish the season hitting 300. Now, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying he could do that. I'm not saying he will. I, uh, that's, a, that's a huge leap. And who knows, maybe another month of this kind of stuff. And I will be saying that. But as of right now, that is not a hot take. That is not Jeff getting all hot takey on you. I'm not saying that Jesse Winker is going to hit 300. But the man is on fire. And right now, especially with Joey Votto, Nick Sinzel, and Mike Moustakis on the shelf with injuries, if the Reds win, Jesse Winker is... Probably one of the biggest reasons why. The other biggest reason we'll talk about tomorrow. We'll talk about Nick Castellanos and break down his first 39 games because they also compare very well as well with Joseph Daniels. So we'll talk about that as well on tomorrow's podcast. But Jesse Winker has been phenomenal and is every bit the next guy that I'm getting a jersey for whenever I buy a jersey because I, you know, I don't make that decision lightly. I did that before. I've done that with, uh, you know, different Bengals. I have a Leon Hall jersey. But, yeah, I mean, you know, you think about different things like that. And Jesse Winker is amazing. And I wanted to start off today's podcast with that. All right, so that's the good. We got to talk about Luis Castillo. That's coming up here in the next segment. But before we jump into that, you guys know I love stats. And when it comes to investing, decades of data show that investors who trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing that alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront can create a portfolio, globally diversified, low-cost index funds, personalized just for you, and they do it in minutes. They can even help you lower taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings today. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB and get started right now. Also, quickly wanted to talk to you guys about Locker Room. If you have not downloaded the app today, I know it's available on all iOS devices. I even heard that they've got a beta version out there on Android. So check that out today. Download the Locker Room app and follow me, Jeff, your buddy, your host, 
at Jeff Carr with three F's on the app. That way you get updates each time I go live. Locker Room is the brand new way to talk sports with the fandom around you. You can talk Reds. You can talk Major League Baseball. You can talk whatever sports you want. There's all kind of rooms going on. You can talk with athletes, writers, broadcasters. You can talk with me if you want to as well. I'll be live today at noon. That's Monday at noon. Hopefully you're listening to this beforehand and we can talk some Reds. We can talk about your frustrations and what you're thinking about the team. That's the Locker Room app. Download it today on your iOS device or look for the beta on your Android and start talking Reds baseball with me today. Locker Room puts you together with fans of every team. If you want to join in on a Bengals chat, if you want to join in on an NBA chat, NHL, they've got it all. Find it today on the Locker Room app. Download it, set up your profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group so you can get updates on the latest rooms. All of us Locked On MLB hosts are on there. So you can check it out today. Download the Locker Room app. Set up your profile and join me Monday at noon as I talk Reds with you. That's the Locker Room app. Changing the way that we talk sports. We had some fun earlier talking about Jesse Winker. Now we got to get into the nitty gritty. There's two things that I've got to talk about the rest of today's podcast that are concerning. Number one is Luis Castillo. His last start, I proclaim that he was back. His last start, he had 11 strikeouts. He had that swing and miss pitch going, and it went away again. And Luis Castillo went away again. Now, don't get me wrong. The optimist in me was like, well, Jeff, the last three innings of that start, he, he did pitch five innings last yesterday, and the last three innings looked pretty good. It was the first two that really blew him up. Uh, and, in fact, the first inning, again, reared its ugly head, including yesterday now. Luis Castillo's first inning troubles are just ridiculous. 21 runs allowed. I think I think uh, 18 of those are earned. Uh, 21 hits allowed. Three walks, 10 strikeouts. Now, that's a funny thing. If you talk about walks to strikeouts, that's, that's not bad. But 10, wa- or 10 Ks, three walks in uh, 10 first innings this season. It's a pretty decent little sample size there. 21 runs. And 21 hits, not good. Not good at all. And when you also look at his starts, in fact, this was encouraging at least a little bit. If, you were, if you're looking for any silver lining in Luis Castillo's start yesterday, this was at least a little bit encouraging. The fourth inning yesterday, he faced four batters. He gave up one hit. He did have a strikeout. That was a great fourth inning. The reason why that is encouraging, the eight times before that, 15 runs, 23 hits, four walks, seven strikeouts in the fourth inning. The other, yeah, the other eight times before that. Just, oof, not not good at all. In fact, when you look at the first and the fourth innings, five of the eight home runs he has allowed this season have happened in the first and the fourth. Those are just the the weird innings for him. And, and the biggest reason for that is he is so hot in cold. His control is either all the way here or it's all the way gone and you never know when it's going to show up. It's just like snap your fingers, here it is, snap him again, it's gone. He'll have it for two or three batters and he looks like the La Piedra we all know and love and then it goes away for like whole innings at a time. 
not only just the control, it's not just that he's walking a ton of guys. He he still has okay walk numbers. You'd like to see it come down a bit, but they're they're not you know glaring at you in the face like, dude, this guy can't throw strikes. His problem is he can't tell where that changeup's going to be. If it's going to be too low, if it's going to be in the middle of the zone, and then conversely with the fastball, he can't tell if it's going to be too high or if it's going to be in the middle of the zone. So like if he is trying to paint the edges of the strike zone, because they always say, you know, you want to keep it between the plate. You just want to be up and down because you'll confuse the eye level of the hitter. But if you're too low, nobody's biting. And if you're too high, nobody's biting. And that was his biggest problem yesterday is there were a lot of pitches. He would go up 0-2 or one ball, two strike counts and stuff like that where you're like, okay, it's time to put him away. And then he throws a fastball that's like at their forehead or he throws a changeup that's at their shoelaces and it never starts at a spot that confuses the hitter, that gets them to swing. So they're just able to lay off of that. And then they work it to a 3-2 count And then they either work a walk or they get a hit because the next pitch has to be in the zone. So he ends up throwing a meatball because he can't control it on the edge and it ends up in the middle. That's been his biggest bugaboo. And Cowboy was even talking about that yesterday. When you don't have that, when you don't have the ability to confuse the hitter and you basically telegraph the fact that this is a ball, it is outside of the zone, there's no need for you to swing at it then a professional hitter is not going to swing at it. You're just not going to get a veteran dude who knows what he's doing at the plate to offer at a pitch that is that far out of the zone. So that is where he ran into trouble. Now his last couple of innings, I will will continue to hammer this home. He looked a little bit better. The only question is, will that be the case when he comes out for his next start? His next start is in Chicago. It's going to be a tough one. Because the Cubs are really hot right now. Just won a series against the Cardinals. And they're above 500. And he's going to miss the Washington series. Which is going to be an interesting uh, matchups of pitching and things like that. Which we'll get into on tomorrow's podcast. Because I'm very excited to talk about the guy, the pitching matchups for the series. But he's not going to be part of that. He's going to be in Chicago. So we're going to have a whole week again to stew on what we've seen from Luis Castillo. And once again, we're left asking questions. I got some takes on Twitter that I firmly disagree with. And I will say this pretty much the rest of the season. Even if Luis Castillo is struggling like this, there is no realm of possibility for the Reds to be a successful ball club and him not be in the rotation, let alone on the roster. I actually got some takes like that on Twitter, that it's time for him to go. What? What are we doing? They're not, 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 no. I just, my mind broke whenever I saw that tweet. I was like, all right, I got to log off this hell site. Like, what are we talking about? Luis Castillo not be a red? And, and it wasn't as if it was an advocate for, hey, let's see what we can get. Guy was like, yeah, we just need to get rid of him. You know what get rid of him means? See Sal Romano. See, um... A lot of different players over the last couple of years. See Matt Kemp. Um, yeah. Just cut him. Outright get rid of him. That is asinine. He needs to work through his problems. And the only way for him to do that is in the rotation. Because if you're taking him out of the rotation and putting him into the bullpen, he's not going to work through his issues because he's going to be in his own head. Why am I in the bullpen? Why am I not in the rotation? 
That's an, you actually add another problem. So you have to do it in the rotation. Now, maybe they give him one of those phantom IL stints. Although with Wade Miley going on the IL, I find that hard to believe because then you're saying two-fifths of your rotation is going to be on the IL. And if you count the fact that Michael Lorenzen was going to be factored into the rotation, you can say three-fifths. But at the same time, you've just got to keep working with him. And it feels like, like I mentioned, he's, he's super erratic. At times, it feels like he's got to figure it out. So if he could just harness those times, he's going to be fine. And I firmly believe that at some point this season, we're all going to be watching La Piedra and going, there he is. He's back. And he's not going anywhere. But right now, it's tough. Right now, watching Luis Castillo, I hate to say it, but it's almost like nails on a chalkboard. And I'm hoping that it ends soon. It just feels like it's starting to get a little long in the waiting. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that as his next start approaches. But I do want to put the topic of Luis Castillo on the shelf a little bit because we've got a lot more to get to this week. We've got a lot more to get to in today's podcast. In fact, coming up here in just a minute, we've talked about the good. We've talked about the bad. (sighs) Now it's time to talk about the ugly. And that is going back into the lineup. But we're not talking about Jesse Winker and we're not talking about Nick Castellanos. In fact, I'll tell you what I'm talking about here in just a moment. If you guys haven't already done so, I urge you to start turning your sports knowledge into cash today at betonline.ag. You can set up your profile and enter the promo code locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. BetOnline has all of the best odds whenever it comes to Major League Baseball, the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. They've even got fighting stuff, whether it's UFC or boxing or something like that. If you want to delve into reality TV stuff, I don't particularly do that, but they've got that too. Check out BetOnline.ag today. Set up a profile and type in the promo code Locked On to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. And you know what? That's more money in your pocket if you put money in. I'll give you some more money. I'll give you a tip today. I'm looking at a home underdog tonight going up against the Phillies, the Miami Marlins, and Tyler Rogers. Tyler Rogers has, or I'm sorry, Trevor Rogers. There's a lot of Rogers. Trevor Rogers has been a fantastic starting pitcher. In fact, his last outing on May 19th against the Phillies themselves, seven and two thirds, one earned run allowed. Take the Marlins plus 173 at home against the Phillies. You're not going to be disappointed. So go to betonline.ag today. Set up your profile. Type in the promo code LOCKDOWN to get 50% more on your initial deposit and put some money on the money line for the Miami Marlins to win against the Philadelphia Phillies Monday night plus 173. All right, so we looked at Jesse Winker and the awesomeness that has been Dwink so far this season. And then we talked about Luis Castillo and the struggle that he has had here this season. Now, let's get into an even bigger struggle. I've, I was looking at this because I was curious. Uh, based on the games since Nick Senzel went on the injury list because and it's not just Nick Senzel, but essentially whenever Nick Senzel went on the injury list, you already had Mike Mustakas and you already had Joey Votto and Wade Miley gets thrown in there just for good measure. There's a lot of people that are hurt right now and the Reds are 
struggling to fill those holes. Firstly, because they don't have great depth to begin with. They didn't have a ton of guys that you look at on the bench and you say, I'm comfortable with him stepping in in a uh, temporary permanent role. All right, I just tied myself into a temporary permanent, whatever. You, you get what I'm saying. For a short period of time, he's going to be playing every day. They don't have a lot of guys that you're comfortable saying that they can do that. And they have pretty much lived up to that billing. Because since Senzel went on the injured list, the Reds had a seven-game homestand. And the Reds are one and six. And that one win was Jesse Winker, like we talked about early on. It was just Jesse Winker hitting a ton of home runs. In fact, in those seven games, 20 runs scored, 43 allowed. Actually, I forgot to count one. Yeah, 44. 20? Nope. Okay, I forgot to count again. All right. 22 runs scored, 44 allowed. That's an ERA for the entire pitching staff of 7.16. Say what you will about the talent on this team, the talent on the pitching, and all this other stuff. The ERA is 7.16. Now, you could attribute that to bad pitching. You could also attribute that to bad defense. Because with the guys out of the lineup that they have, there's a ton of guys playing out of position. You've got a lot of Tyler Stevenson, Alex Blandino, Tucker Barnhart playing first base. And they might be okay, but they're not as good as Joey Votto. And you've got somebody playing shortstop. Don't know who. Any given day. It's, it's been Kyle Farmer here as of late. And he's just, he's, he's always a step off, not normally making a ton of errors, but also not making the plays that you need him to make as well. In fact, thinking of the replacements in the everyday, in the field and in the lineup and things like that, the lineup outside of Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos during these seven games is batting a buck 55. In fact, on Sunday, the only guy who got a hit, not named Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos, was Shogo. And he didn't even start. He pinch hit. He got a pinch hit double, which, by the way, congrats on Shogo, because dude has been remainder to the bench. He's got to do something, and that is the kind of something that you're looking for, because he clobbered that ball. I think he was a couple inches short of a home run. And and you can even expand on this. So that was the seven games, a buck fifty-five for the season. And this is including Joey Votto, Nixon Zell, and Mike Mustakis. For the season, when you look outside of Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos, the Reds, minus those two guys, have a batting average of two twenty-seven, an on base of three twenty-three, and a slugging of three eighty-one. They rely on Winker and Castellanos for everything. If there is a realm of existence where the Reds make it back into contention, Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos definitely have to be in the tops of the NL MVP voting. There's no realm of possibility that the the Reds contend and Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos don't deserve those votes. They should both be in the All-Star game, bar none. There is no reason they should miss. They should be starters. But the fact 
that the Reds are even where they are right now is attributed to their success in the lineup. And I heard some takes, and, and these were these were kind of goofy. I mean, sometimes, you know, you get some really good radio callers, and sometimes you get some not-so-good radio callers. But on Extra Innings, there were a couple of callers that were talking about lineup construction. What do you mean? A third of the lineup's on the injured list complaining about lineup construction. There is a, there's some thought maybe you could move Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos back one spot each to where Winker bats second, Castellanos bats third, but you need somebody who can get on in front of them. And that ain't happening. When the entirety of the Reds lineup outside of those two guys, the last seven games are hitting a buck 55, there is no one else who's going to be on base. You're basically swapping out the idea, okay, Jesse Winker's going to come up leading off the inning, no, nobody on, nobody out. So yeah, there's nobody on to hit in, but there's also nobody out. Right now, not waiting on those guys to come back from the injured list. If you decide to move them to second and third in the lineup, you're only going to change how many outs are on the board. At least that's what we've seen so far. And I don't know that we're going to get a dramatic shift on Tuesday when the Reds face Max Scherzer. I don't necessarily have a lot of confidence in Kyle Farmer and Jonathan India and Scott Heineman. And I mean, you can even throw a Eugenio Suarez and even maybe even throw in Tyler Naquin. I don't have a lot of confidence in those guys going up against Mad Max. The only guys I'm looking at are Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos. I basically hope that the Reds can win. I don't know how many. So like maybe like three. We'll we'll be conservative. We'll say three each. So yeah, six. Hopefully the Reds score six runs because they're going to be solo home runs by Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos. That's the way that this lineup has been built right now. So you can't look at this and say, oh, lineup construction is the problem. And yeah, we could probably point the finger at ownership for clipping the budget and really not focusing too much on depth, giving all of these different uh, flyer deals out there for guys who might help out or might not. And I also got to backtrack a little bit. I did kind of just crap on Scott Heineman there. He did hit a home run in his first his first plate appearance as a Red. So, hey, you know what? I got I to gotta cool my jets on that one a little bit. But at the same token over a long series and over the course of a game against Max Scherzer, don't have a lot of confidence in Scott Heineman there, but yeah, whatever. I'm, I got off track. The whole point of this is somebody has to step up because we are now looking at a crossroads. Memorial day is kind of like the first watermark. And I know there are, there are teams. In fact, the team that the Reds are playing tomorrow came back from very terrible first half of the season but with Memorial Day being the first watermark, how are we looking? To quote the Hall of Famer Marty Brenneman, not good. Got to have some guys step up other than uh, Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos, and hopefully that starts this week, but it's going to have to come against Max Scherzer on Tuesday, Steven Strasburg on Thursday, and I'm thinking Kyle Hendricks is going to be in there for the Cubs this weekend. It's, <laughs> it's going to be a tall tall task. We're going to talk about that coming up here later on this week. Also tomorrow going to talk a little bit about Nick Castellanos, but I'm very excited. I talked about this in the first part. 
going to do a new thing, something I haven't done yet on the podcast, but I think is going to be a lot of fun. I think you're going to enjoy it. I'm going to pretend to be the Reds general manager. Now, I'm not going to say that I'm Nick Crawl. I'm just going to be myself, going to be the pretend general manager of the Cincinnati Reds, Jeff Carr, and I'm going to get a call from an opposing pretend general manager who's looking to make a trade. And he's the Indians guy. He's our buddy Jeff Ellis from Locked On Indians. We're going to talk about a possible deal between the Indians and the Reds in this mock trade deadline episode. That's going to be tomorrow on the Locked On Reds podcast. Might also sneak in some Nick Castellanos talk as well. But thank you so much for listening to today's episode. That's going to do it for us. Make sure you're following the podcast and you follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds and get your comments, questions, reactions, and questions in to 513-549-0159. But that'll do it for us here today. Thanks so much for listening. Now, go listen to Locked On Today. Peter Bukowski brings you all of the big sporting news in 20 minutes or less. Thanks so much, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.